0: lovely parent friends and apparently we are still friends and on episode 44 of the teen and Tween parenting podcast aka figuring shit out and that's really us right that's all we're doing just moving along spinning on the axis of this earth and trying to figure stuff out just to make life better to make the world go better to have a great future for our kids so, we're on episode 44, and I am your cruise director, Dr. Nikki Naradan, helping you on this tempestuous and fantabulous journey and difficult journey we call parenting and parentweening. And I've been thinking about a lot of things, and I feel like I'm an, an accruer of information. Like I am looking around and seeing what's going on and synthesizing whatever's happening and trying to come up with different more innovative very relaxed yet almost revolutionary ways of doing things and the funny part about it is that most of those ways are generally simple and understandable but for some reason they hadn't been presented to us that way or somehow We didn't know about it or we weren't given permission to somehow believe it that way or we had a very strong belief system that somehow made us believe that we needed to do something specific. So I feel like my job on this earth at this point is to really figure out how to make things go better for myself and for other people as well. And once I start figuring it out, and I'm able to figure it out because I am trying to not let the things that make it hard to figure things out or come up with new ideas, things like perfectionism, things like peer pressure, whatever else is going on. I'm trying to work on those things so that they don't become part of how I live my life and somehow expect myself to live my life. And then I can come up with new, fresh innovative, evolutionary ideas to make things go better. And I think that's probably what we all need to do somehow, that we have to allow for the ideas to come up without the pressure of what we somehow believe society or the people around us want us to do. So I am constantly pushing against that, meaning that I'm always doing things that are stretching the boundaries a bit, that are pushing the envelope a little bit. So the other day, I went to an improv class. Now, I don't know if you guys have meetup.com or meetup groups, but there's a big meetup community within New York City. And I just looked for improv. And part of the reason why I was looking for improv is that I want to get really, really comfortable just talking to people about what I'm doing. Because if I can't talk to people about what I'm doing, then I won't make an impact and then I won't make a difference. And if I don't make a difference, then it's on me. If I can't reach other people, then it's on me. It's not on them for not finding it. It's not on them for somehow not figuring it out. It's on me for not trying every possible way I can to turn things around, to make a difference, to reach people, to reach the one person that somehow needs to hear this thinking because they hadn't had the opportunity or they have too much stress in order to figure it out themselves and no support. So I went to this improv class, which was really, really fun. If you haven't done improv and you don't have improv within your community, you could definitely find some online. But there's something about actually coming and quickly responding, making the decision to quickly respond. And we spoke about decision making last week. But we also have the ability to make decisions about what we're gonna say or how we're gonna respond or what we're gonna do in the moment. And those are also small decisions that we get to make. But with improv, you get to make those decisions at every moment. And sometimes they're terrifying because you wonder if you're gonna make the right decision. Are you gonna say the right thing? And the interesting part is that you always feel like you need to say something funny or brilliant or relevant. And you don't really need to, you can flop on your face a thousand times. And I really love that opportunity to flop on my face and have it be okay in a three minute scene or a one minute scene or a three line scene. So that's really fun to have that ability to just flop and to try something again. And sometimes you try things and it goes really well. And other times you try things and it doesn't go well. And sometimes people try things in your direction and you have no idea what they're doing, but you go with it anyway. And sometimes you don't go with it. And it's pretty amazing. So there I was with a bunch of probably 20 something year olds because I don't see very many 57 year old women who are starting to do improv and finding their way out to these spaces that might not be that comfortable. It was in Midtown. And afterwards, one of the people said, well, why don't we go out? Now I don't drink, but I do love to eat. And so we went out to a place to get something to eat and i got to talking to these young people now they're they're easily the age of my children they're half my age if not more than half my age and i thought well you know i'm doing this thing where i am kind of loving young people young adults teenagers and i love their parents and i figured i would ask a bunch of questions and get both sides of what's going on. So people started asking me what I did and I've gotten much better at telling people what I did and I'll tell you how I'm getting better, but that's a story for another time or a little bit later in this podcast. And I said that I'm a coach to parents of teens who worry. Now, teenagers, again, it's a very, very fluid time. I know some people who definitely think that their children age 26 or age 30 still hadn't figured out what it is that they're going to do in their life. And I believe that the plasticity of the brain is also maturing up, up to that point. So all of the decisions are still in the creative mode. And I believe we should always be in the creative mode, but, but creative in that way that the brain isn't fully developed. And so these were, you know, young people that I would definitely consider almost teenagers in a way. And so I said, I help parents who worry so that they could stop worrying and stop fighting with their kids and then have a much more connected relationship so that Eventually, or very soon actually, their connected relationship will have their children coming back to them and talking about the hard things or at least feeling comfortable enough to talk about it if they needed to and wanted to and not looking elsewhere to somehow either have their feelings taken care of somewhere elsewhere or to not feel anything at all, which essentially keeps their kids safer. And they were all interested, because they had never heard anybody talk about working with parents that way. It's always that the kids had to do something in order to make themselves right, that there was something wrong with what they're doing. And everybody else had the answers, especially the parents who had the answers that somehow didn't make them feel any better and didn't seem relevant to themselves. And that they were the ones that had to do the heavy lifting and all the work to make their life go better. And that there was nothing there for the parents to help them feel like they could Could change anything at all. So I went around the room and there were about seven of us sitting there. And I said, Do you tell your parents anything? And every one of them said, No, I don't tell them anything of importance. And I asked why. And they said, Because I don't want to worry them. So that was fascinating to me that they actually were not telling their parents things because they were concerned about worrying their parents which means that their parents knew nothing and that their parents were probably already worried because you don't get this idea with no prior history of somebody worrying too much and that they were responsible for taking care of their parents' feelings. So in essence, now as a young adult, where things are completely unknown, where they were not sure at all what their lives were going to be like, where all of them were trying to figure out their careers, where they were going to live, who they were going to be with, and what they were going to be, and whether they wanted to be that or not, that they shared none of that with their parents. And they didn't understand that anybody would share anything with their parents, that there was always the possibility that their parents were going to be worried which left these young people feeling extremely alone and they were a bit lost and they felt somewhat unmoored and they didn't know who to turn to. Now, I know as a parent and a parent of young adults that I would absolutely not want that for my children. And in some ways I would believe that that wasn't true, that I honestly thought that they would come to me. And the truth is that they don't always come to me. So that was fascinating, and I share that information to you guys because I know that you want to be there in these very difficult times in ways that make a difference, in ways that you know that they will come home to you and tell them what's going on and share the hard situations. Now, sometimes we don't believe that we want to hear those hard situations because we honestly think that somehow we can't handle it or if we don't hear them, they're not really happening. It's almost like we put our fingers in our ears and go, la, 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 and make believe it's not there. And then somehow convince ourselves that things are okay, that our kids are doing fine, that there are no problems at all. Now, the other part is that they are doing fine. It's not that there are no problems, but somehow they are making it through. And they probably have jobs or they could have jobs. They probably have a place to live, maybe they're having relationships, but the nuanced understanding about what's going on and the offer and the invitation to be the person that they can tell those hard things to, knowing that we'll be able to handle it is somehow not there because I had a group of seven young adults who all said that they never told their parents anything of importance. I know that you can switch this around because in order for our kids to actually move forward and have a beautiful, independent life, one that's somewhat joyous, mixed with the full human experience that they will be able to handle without falling apart, without getting too anxious, without being too depressed, then we have to somehow clean up our abilities to be able to be there with hard feelings. That was our invitation and our offer as a parent when we had children. But somehow we lost it, that it became too hard, that it felt too bad. And that's what we're looking to get back. Now, the other interesting part of what had happened during that night is that all of them said that they didn't say anything to the parents, but there were two of them that said that they felt that their parents' criticism and advice was actually disrespectful, which I found really fascinating. Disrespectful. And I said, in in what ways was it disrespectful? And they said that the assumption on the parents' part is that they knew exactly what that young person needed what they were thinking, and that they had done nothing in the direction of trying to fix it already, that they hadn't tried the best they could, that they hadn't tried a thousand things, that they weren't working on it, and that they weren't capable of figuring it out. So instead of asking, so tell me what you're thinking about this, or tell me why it is you did that, or I want to hear everything related to why you made that decision, they basically just gave their unsolicited opinions about what they did and assumed nothing about what they were thinking. Actually, they were probably assuming that they weren't thinking and that it was the parents who had the only ideas about what was okay. I had never heard anybody say it was disrespectful. Usually I just sloughed it off as, oh, here it goes again. Uh, oh, I'm going to get a mouthful of advice that I don't need or don't want. Usually I'll roll my eyes when I was young and I'll go off and make the decision again to not say anything. So I had made the decision at some point and now I'm going back to my early Nikki to say what was going on with me because I was hopeful about the possibilities that somebody would listen. And then I would always know that I made the wrong decision, that somebody had decided that I couldn't think for myself. Nobody was interested in what I was thinking. Nobody was curious about why I made the decisions and felt like their decision was the only one that would actually help me. And that was based in their long experience. Now, the other part about it is that their long experiences, their parental experiences, their adult experiences had left them with a life that they felt not satisfied with. Ones that they felt somewhat unhappy with and where they felt bad about themselves. So it was almost like I was looking at a reflection A literal recording of what they were saying to themselves about their own lives. And it was coming in my direction as advice from somebody who had been there, somebody who knows, somebody who had suffered the hard life, the knocks that were happening that I somehow hadn't suffered yet, but eventually would suffer. It always brings me back to the story where my daughter, who is incredibly liberal, who really fights oppression, who was the original vegan of the house, would tell somebody her ideas, which were thoughtful, which were hopeful, which somehow were there to make the world a better place. And most of the adults would say to her, oh, you're young. Oh, you haven't been hurt enough yet. Life hasn't hit you hard enough but you eventually will not believe those things that you're saying. And I was always amazed at how we thought that our thinking was actually the correct thinking, that it was our disappointment, discouragement, disapproval, that was the right thing. And that we had to tell them that because the sooner they knew it, the less disappointed they would be. So we wanna disappoint them early and quickly and completely in order for them to not have their hopes and dreams, thoughtful, encouragement, excitement there as if that was necessary. And I don't know if you guys remember that happening to you, but I remember that it was slowly eked out that it was slowly pushed to the side and that the adults needed to give us the absolute truth about what the world was about. The interesting part is that that is not what the world is about. What the world is about is to be able to find the evidence of the joy and point yourself in the directions of the things that are going well. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, then you know that there are some things going well. The first thing is that you have me, is that you have me in your ear once a week, somehow showing you the possibilities of what could be in your normal human life, the good and the bad, the discouraging and the encouraging, that you have it all. You have all the abilities there but we have that confirmation bias that will pull us in the direction or push us maybe in the direction of the things that are not going well and you will find the evidence of where it's not going well and you will absolutely believe that that's the truth and that if i knew your life that i would believe it too but i tell you now i am here to not believe it i am here to not dive in the pool with you but to hold the understanding that actually your life could go well. And when I say could go well, that you will experience the full human experience, meaning that life is good and bad, that there is contradiction to the goodness of what goes on so that you know that there is goodness, that you were never promised a completely easy life, but your struggles and where you struggle can actually be dealt with in a way so that you can tell what it is that you need to do, what it is that you don't want, and where it is that you're gonna move. And that you actually need that. You need that contradiction in order to know what it is that you're gonna do in the future. That that could be a gift and an opportunity to you if you somehow can tell that that is part of a life that is promised you the good and the bad part of that life that is promised you. So that young person back to my improv group and are going out after actually thought it was disrespectful. So I want you, if you can, even for a moment to believe that it is possible that you telling somebody what they should do and what they have to do based on your own experience is disrespectful and discounting what it is that they have been through as a person. And if you stayed there and you listened and you got curious about what the possibilities were that they were thinking, then you might actually get them to look at something that would make more sense in their lives a possibility that you had never thought of, a possibility that they had never thought of, and it might actually be better, make more sense, be more expansive than the difficulties that we had and that we somehow believe we need to share. All right, everybody, that is what I have for you. It's kind of a rant, and I'm always on a little bit of a rant, but I want It would be so great, and I invite you guys to go and do things that you've not done before. Challenge yourself and push the envelope. Enjoy people's company of different ages, and don't feel like we have to give advice, but rather be in the listening mode, as Abraham Hicks says, in the receiving mode, and be curious And don't assume that you know everything about what is going on with this other person. And try to look at joy. Look at the joyous aspects of your life. Try to find evidence of where it is. Slow things down. Question every thought that comes into your head, negative or positive. And then move everything forward in the direction that you want to move it. If this resonates with you, if you want to have that joyous and big fun life, if you want to stop worrying and move in the direction of your young person without fighting, then I invite you to come and direct message me do a discovery call and let's see if we could work together at D R N I K K I N E R E T I N D-R-N-I-K-K-I-N-E-R-E-T-I-N.com. I know that you could take this further. I know that you can have the life you want. I am the cheerleader that makes dreams come true. All right, I love you guys and I will be here next week. That is the one thing that I know for sure.